It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is September 18th, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Joining me today, as always, is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. All right. Thank you, Bill. Uh, again, Bill always comes up with some good articles, and we know that September is the Suicide Prevention Month, but like we always say, every day should be the Suicide Prevention Day. Now, you have a couple. You heard about what's going on in that last storm we had that hit North Carolina. What, how did it affect the VA, Bill? Well, Gary, uh, the hurricane, uh, now tropical storm, has really created some serious problems uh, for everyone uh, in uh, in those states that you mentioned, and in particular to our veterans. Now, uh, in, at the uh, medical center in uh, Hampton, Virginia, uh, since it's right near the Atlantic coast, many of the veterans there were uh, shipped down. Uh, uh, and uh, into the uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina area, uh, thinking that uh, they would uh, avoid some of the uh, concerns of the hurricane. But uh, as we all know from last week, uh, uh, Florence, when it came through, uh, it was just all over the place uh, and uh, staying in some of the areas there for long periods of time. Gary, this has created some major challenges uh, for veterans that are in that year, I just bet. to give you an example, in uh, in in the, in the area of the Carolinas and uh, in Virginia, there are about 1.5 million veterans, including 741,000 uh, veterans who are enrolled in the VA healthcare system, and more than 28,600. VA employees, all of them are impacted because of the difficulty of being able to provide uh, assistance. The, the, the water uh, flooding in the area has presented major problems. However, as of this morning, some of these uh, uh, hospitalized veterans who went down into North Carolina are being uh, returned to the uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia, uh, VA Medical Center. But as you know, Gary, with these hurricanes, uh, and especially with this one, there are some long periods of time that uh, takes place with restoring electricity and clearing the roads. And and, 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 and as you are aware also, uh, a significant number of the roads have been uh, washed out Bridges have been uh, severely damaged, so it's a major concern in that area of the country, and we wish them well, and 
and we also solicit our members. If you're able to help them, they certainly can uh, be helped. All right. Thank you, Bill. And why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today? Well, Gary, today we are uh, really uh, honored to have Melissa D. Jarbo, who is a Kansas native. She's a former corporate executive turned philanthropist. Melissa is also the founder of Military Veteran Project. Now, Melissa's life changed on April 10th, 2011, when she received a heart-wrenching phone call that her husband, Sergeant Jamie Jarbo, was wounded in battle. After 11 months of being bedside to her husband, uh, Jamie uh, succumbed to his wounds and passed away on May 21st, 2012, just a day after Melissa's 33rd birthday. To carry out her husband's dying wish to care for his fellow soldiers, in August 2012, Melissa founded the Military Veteran Project, which is a volunteer-driven charity committed to military suicide prevention through research and treatment. Melissa is only one of nearly 1,400 volunteers worldwide that donate their time to carrying on the dying wish of Staff Sergeant Jamie Jarbo to care for his fellow service members. Melissa is currently a board advisor to the Christopher Reeve Foundation, Department of Defense Civilian Relations Council, Senator Moran's Service Advisory Council, Coalition, Coalition for uh, Invisible Wounds Board member, author of Sacrifice Memoirs of so Staff Sergeant Jamie and Melissa Jarbo, founder of the Topeka Veterans Parade, and a mother to four. Melissa Jarbo, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, Melissa. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. All right. Now, Melissa, can you share your story with us, what happened in April of 2011? Um, yes, most definitely. You know, I had received um, phone calls from Jamie. He actually deployed to the Zari District in February 2011. Um, this was his third deployment. He had served twice before in Iraq. Um, and he would tell me he would have to walk miles to get to the telephone um, and wait in line with other soldiers trying to call their loved ones. Um, when Jamie would call, he really wouldn't share a lot of information. He would just tell me, um, how much he loved the kids and I, um, how much he's ready to come home, and just let me know that there was some reservation in him that he may not be able to come home to us like he promised, but he was going to do his best. And so fast forward to April. Um, April 9th, I actually received a phone call from Jamie, uh, and he was telling me that, you know, they were outside the wire, they, they were outside the wire, you know, out of 23 days, they were outside 21, 22 days. And each of those days, they took contact from the enemy, which means, you know, they were definitely in the hot zones. So on April 10th, 
it was a Sunday morning and I was driving to my office. Um, I wanted to get some work done and get a jump start on the week. And my telephone rang. And for many people listening, you know you get those out-of-country telephone calls where there's like 16 digits and it doesn't make any sense when those numbers come through. Right. Me thinking that it was Jamie contacting me, I picked up the phone and I said, hey, baby. And at that point, I heard another voice that wasn't my husband's. And that voice told me that they needed to speak to Melissa Jarbo. Um, they told me that they do not have any answers for any of the questions I have. And they had to read a script a verbatim. And the script went something like, um, on April 10th, 2011, Sergeant Jamie Jarbo was outside um, on routine miss it, mission with Alpha Troop um, when he took enemy fire. Um, and at that point, they stopped and said, we don't have any answers to your questions again, but call this 1-800 number, and they will give you the information you need. And so right away, being, you know, a civilian, um, you know, while Jamie was in the military, I actually lived off post and off base for my career. And so I wasn't familiar with a lot of, of protocol, if you would, the procedures that they had. And so I followed directive. I called the 1-800 number, and that's when I was told that a sniper shot my husband in the southern district of Afghanistan and that that bullet hit somewhere in his left side. They're not sure if it was his shoulder, if it was his neck. Um, they knew that his lungs collapsed. They knew he was bleeding out. Um, you know, and they knew they had to get him to Kandahar. And so they're working on getting him to Kandahar Hospital for a transfer then to Launchstuhl, Germany. Um, and within hours, I had so many different military liaisons contacting my phone. I was notified I could not leave my residence. Um, so my family and I, you know, obviously stayed in our home. We waited for any directive that we were receiving. Um, and it wasn't until the next morning on April 11th that we received correspondence that Jamie made it to Germany and that they wanted me to start gathering my stuff because they were going to transport me to Germany because at that point they didn't know if he was going to make it. Um, you know, being the mother of, of, of two daughters at that point, um, you know, trying to put your life on hold and figure out everything just in that short 24 hour period of time. Uh, I just kept fighting and, um, focusing on my faith, um, our faith in God, our, our faith in, in our country, and just giving love and support to my husband and praying that he was going to be able to make good on his promise and come home to America. Um, within that next 12 hours, I was contacted that they were able to get Jamie's internal bleeding to stop, and they were going to hurry and expedite him to America, but they would not give me the location. Um, they had travel correspondents contact me, and by April 12th, I was actually flying to Walter Reed in Washington, D.C., and that just kind of started the, the series of unfortunate events um, that transpired for that last 11 months of Jamie's life. And so getting to Walter Reed, I was brought into a room. I was able to see my husband covered in blood. Um, he had uh, every machine hooked up to him possible. He was sedated. 
um, he was intubated, he was on life support, and the nurse came in and asked me if, if I wanted to see my husband wake up, and and I said, no, I think he's fine, and, and she said, no, it's time for him to kind of wake up, I'm going to lift his sedation, just enough for him to see that you're here, and then we'll, we'll shut it back down and he'll go back to sleep. And so she asked if I was ready, and she went ahead and lifted that sedation for Jamie. And when Jamie opened up his eyes, it was sheer terror. Um, you know, his, his eyes filled with tears. Um, he started moving his, his head. Um, he tried to scream, but he couldn't. His vocal cords were damaged, um, you know, from, from, from the bullet. And it was just sheer chaos when she lifted that sedation. And so Jamie actually um, went into almost like a cardiac where his blood pressure, his heart rate, everything kind of skyrocketed and then dropped. And so they had to hurry up, bring the doctors in, and then sedate him again. And um, then everybody just left the room once he was secure and just left me in a metal chair sitting next to him. And, you know, it's one of the most loneliest feelings you could ever imagine, knowing that your loved one is, is in a bed and there's nothing you can do to protect him, nothing you can do to save him. And, and so, again, I'll just say, like, that just started the, the first process of, of Jamie and I's a story of, you know, constant struggles, but then also redemption and um, our focus on everybody else but ourselves, our, our focus on God, our focus on family, and then, you know, our love for the country. Wow. You know, you're a very strong woman. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we're going to continue when we come back. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel.
stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Melissa, founder of the Military Veteran Project. Uh, Melissa, uh, when you started the organization, uh, what was the what was your mission? You know, I think at first in August of, of 2012, a few months after Jamie passed away, you know, our mission at that point was to kind of honor and empower. I had to find a way to help carry on my husband's legacy. But then I also met so many families that had lost loved ones, whether it was killed in action, wounded, or to suicide. And so we were kind of cultivating to figure out what the Military Veteran Project, you know, was supposed to do, what the overall mission was. But we didn't want to replicate anything. And so I actually reached out to um, some friends in the Department of Defense at the Veterans Administration, and I, I set up meetings to sit down and hear what the needs were of our military veterans. And so the Military Veteran Project mission was created by, you know, literally, I'd say hundreds of people because we had so many different meetings um, with the powers to be, and we found out that the one thing that was missing in America here for our veterans is the suicide prevention. Now, when I say that, you know, there's a lot of people doing suicide prevention, but there's not a lot of research of, of treatments or research of opportunities and availability treatments to our veterans. And so the Military Veteran Project was born with the mission of military suicide prevention through research and treatment um, so we can expedite what's needed for our veterans, go to the VA um, House Committee meetings, and create that change for our veterans. Um, Bill? Well, uh, uh, Melissa, this is uh, quite noble on your part to continue uh, a wish from your husband for a, a project that's so important in our veterans community. You know, uh, suicide prevention is probably uh, one of those areas whereby um, uh, when we return to home and community, the kinds of things that we're faced with, uh, it's it's those unseen uh, uh, casualties of, of war that, uh, that we're faced with. Uh, and as we mentioned at the start of the program, that this is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. The VA recognizes that uh, every September. But uh, I'm sure you probably believe that suicide prevention awareness is something that occurs daily. We have to have our, our attention to that uh, on a daily basis. Give us, give our, our, our listening audience some of the kinds of uh, conditions or situations with veterans when you're in contact with them 
that uh, that uh, they're dealing with that uh, that has to be addressed as far as suicide prevention is concerned. Right. Well, I can tell you firsthand. You know, from 2012 to 2013, we received thousands of calls from uh, military families, parents, um, even the veterans themselves that say, you know, we're we're struggling to understand what's wrong. Okay, I can't sleep. I'm having night terrors. I'm having flashbacks. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm having anxiety attacks. My body is getting really hot just when I'm driving down the road and I have to drive around the box in the road. You know, there, there's triggers that are setting me off as a veteran. And then the family saying, you know, there, there's things happening to our veteran that we don't understand. And, you know, an example from 2012 to 2013 is, you know, I was called by one of my husband's soldiers. Um, his wife contacted me screaming into my phone, and they just happened to be where I live in Topeka, Kansas. You know, and, and she says, my, my husband is in the garage, and he has a gun in his mouth, and I don't know what to do. I don't want to call the police. I don't want him to go to jail. He just wants the pain to stop. I don't know what to do, Melissa. And at that point, you know, I alert some of our, our partners, the Battle and Distress team, I, you know, I alert the local authorities, and then my assistant and I go en route to meet this veteran. And I can literally remember knocking on that door. And mind you, I never met this veteran before. I just knew of him from my husband, and he was a lower-ranking enlisted soldier. And I knocked on his garage door, and I didn't wait for him to say, come in. I just walked in. And looking at him in the eyes, um... Just the respect he had, and I know that's hard to imagine when you have a soldier with a gun in his mouth, right? But his eyes, he just looked fearful, and he looked um, terrorized. And then when he saw me, his eyes lightened up, and, and he said, Mrs. Jarbo, what are you doing here? And I said, well, soldier, I was going to ask you the same thing. And at that point, I found out that the respect that some of these soldiers and service members had for my husband and for myself for what we endured, um, it bypassed some of their pain. And so we were able to directly see what these veterans were going through, and we were able to expedite and sit down and talk to them. And this soldier, um, for example, he was self-medicating, okay? He was on narcotic pharmaceutical drugs that were prescribed um, from the VA, uh, he was also medicating with alcohol because he just wanted the nightmares to stop. He wanted to to stop the memories and the flashbacks of having to pick up body parts in Afghanistan. He he wanted the fear and the pain just to quit. He didn't want to hurt anybody. He was just trying to find a way out. And so we were able to help connect that veteran to tr treatments that were available. We were able to work with the VA in that veteran and taper down his medication. And today that individual is going to college. Um, you know, he's, he's moving forward in his life with that opportunity. But I feel like many of these veterans are turning home. You know, we're, we're training them how to go to war, but we're forgetting the most important part, and that's training them how to come home after war. And, and that's where we need to pick up the slack, and that's where some of these treatments for the brain, um, conditioning for the body are, are so important that they're not immediately available because we've seen such a huge influx of veterans that are going in the military, getting out of the military, um, and we know our VA has been backlogged with some of those. 
and so that's just an ongoing epidemic of concerns and issues that our veterans face daily to where they feel like they do not have any opportunities. And so the biggest thing for them to do is to just give up. Well, you know, Melissa, just to take that a step further, uh, you know, uh, our government is capable of uh, training our men and women who serve this great nation to be the best fighting force in the world. Uh, we, we do an excellent job with that. And uh, to sort of paraphrase for what you just said, but when we return to home and community uh, with our families, there's some additional training that we need uh, to know about how to cope with those situations uh, that we observe and had to deal with on in combat and uh, on the battlefield. And unfortunately, that kind of service is not there, and uh, it becomes uh, it, it is a problem with the veteran. And it is also a problem with the family because whether, however that uh, veteran returns to his or her family, uh, whatever uh, ails them also begins to find its way within in the family. And uh, it's true. We have to be able to prepare our men and women when they return home because... Uh, these kinds of situations will continue. Uh, I, I, I noticed uh, in some of the information that you provided that um, uh, veterans not being uh, aware of how to navigate some of the, uh, the procedures to get help in terms of medical care is concerned. And uh, I would imagine your organization is doing a lot with that to, to understand, to receive care from the uh, the the, uh, the VA, you have to be enrolled in the system, uh, and, and I'm sure you're helping with those people that you come in contact with to be able to navigate that part of uh, of getting the help that they need. Are you correct? We have um, resources available through our partner agencies. Um, you know, the American Legion does a fine job, the VFW, the DAV, the PVA, and even the IAVA. You know, all of those organizations, military organizations out there are doing their best to help these men and women navigate. So as a military veteran project, we're not focused so much on, on taking over what other organizations are doing, but we'll definitely help get our veterans streamlined over to that process. Um, you know, but it also goes back to the Veterans Administration and the registration. You know, I, I think I documented down, and this was something Under Secretary Clancy said uh, last April 27th, 2017, at the, the VA hearing, was that the Veterans Administration only has 37% of our veterans from World War II to present actually registered with the VA. So that's 8.5 million veterans out of the 23, 24 million veterans we currently have in America today. And so while the VA only has that 37%, we know that there's 63% of them missing. And so it, it brings me to the conclusion and the concern, what if we were able to have any and all veterans register at the VA to receive adequate medical care? And they were able to get a higher percentage. Maybe we had 15, 16 million veterans registered at the VA, but if they can't take care of the 37% they have now, 
I don't know if I want to push or help any other veterans register at the Veterans Administration because of the inconsistency and the concerns. You know, you have quite a few numbers here, and again, with these numbers, uh, you know, they say, and everybody heard this, that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Just remember, that's only 21 states reporting. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue on. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Melissa, founder of the Military Veteran Project. And Bill? Melissa, I would imagine uh, that uh, most people that are familiar with what you're doing uh, will come to the conclusion that the greatest void in our veterans community is a lack of information. If you do not know how to navigate the system for health care and benefits, uh, you're completely lost. As the saying goes, you don't know what you don't know. And health care, as you're mentioning, is so important. Uh, we've got World War II veterans uh, now that we're caring for, Korean War veterans, Vietnam veterans, the Gulf, uh, Afghanistan and Iraqi serving veterans. And today, uh, more than 145 countries around the world that our men and women are serving in. So information is so important, just as I mentioned, knowing how to access the service of the uh, the VA. But on the other hand, I think organizations such as yours and what you're doing, uh, is it, it's, it's the way of, of, of being able to help 
are veterans uh, who don't understand to be able to access the services. So how are some of the ways that you're actually uh, with the, uh, uh, the veterans uh, um, program uh, that, you, that you're administering now to help these veterans be able to understand how to not navigate the system? Well, I think the navigation of the VA system like, is not the main focus of the Military Veteran Project mission. You know, again, we leave it up to other partner military organizations. You know, a majority of what we are doing is collecting the, the data, the research for alternative treatments not currently accessible by the Veterans Administration or utilized by the Department of Defense. You know, such things like SPECT imaging, which is that relative blood flow um, of the brain to be able to determine prior mental disease or defect before men and women even get into our military system. Um, you know, we kind of want to close down the floodgates, if you will. Um, you know, just for an example, last year alone we had three schizophrenic cases where men and women were actually inside our military, our armed forces and they were diagnosed with schizophrenia, and they were actually having to be med-boarded. You know, that's something we should have caught before the floodgates, you know, before we allowed those individuals in and shut down those floodgates. So as a military veteran project, we're actually pushing out this research for the data information, and we're bringing men and women in to go through our case and our clinical studies so we can produce that information back to the Veterans Administration and the Department of Defense to show them that here's published studies and reports of programs, treatments that work without narcotic pharmaceuticals being pushed. Okay, what we're doing is we're conditioning the brain. We're bringing men and women home after war, and we're able to condition the brain in a sense um, after dehydration, sleep deprivation, anxiety, hypervigilance, everything they went through during combat. And we're able to slow down that brain, and we're able to treat it. You know, if, if our men and women go to war and they break a bone, we don't just give them a clonopin or Roxy. Um, you know, we don't give them morphine for a broken bone. We cast it. Well, we're not able to cast the brain, right? We can't just get in there and put, like, a really nice caster on our brain and say, okay, stay off your brain for the next four to six weeks. That doesn't work. But what we're able to do is, is give that time for the brain to condition, repair, and then re release it back. So as far as the question about um, the Veterans Administration accessing care, um, you know, there's a lot of good organizations, like I mentioned before, the DVA, or the PVA, the DAV, the American Legion, BFW, and the IAVA. Um, but what's also interesting is we know that there's 63% of veterans that are actually missing. They're not going to the Veterans Administration. They're actually receiving care outside of our military hospitals, our VA hospitals, our DOD hospitals, and they're receiving care from private civilian doctors for post-traumatic stress, for traumatic brain injury, and they're receiving that care because they have private medical insurance. Now, I've met a lot of men and women who have moved on after the military and never went to the VA once, but they've been able to go out to the private sector and receive adequate medical care to help with some of these issues. And so what we're actually producing as a Military Veteran Project is some of those treatments and those products available to veterans outside the military medical world to be able to expedite it and bring it inside so we don't have that gap missing between our military and civilian divide. 
Mm. And that's great. So how, uh, how uh, what is the means for accessing that once you pr- uh, produce that information that's communicated in the veterans community so they know about it and maybe use those alternative sources? So we use the military underground. And I'll, I'll say the underground, right? Um, social media is a huge platform for our young generation. Um, you know, we're able to work with other military organizations, charities, but also veteran-owned businesses. And what we're able to do is to reach our men and women that nobody else could really reach. And so if we have a study that we need to have produced or we need candidates for it, we'll reach out to our, our organizations, our local businesses, to bring those veterans in and then determine who we need for that study by um, the medical professionals that are conducting that study and then be able to expedite them through. And then once those clinical and case studies are completed, they are published and produced to the Department of Defense and VA, um, you know, the oversight committees in Washington, D.C. And then those available published studies will be on the Internet, um, but then we'll also push out those treatments to some of our other partner organizations. Um, Just to use an example, you know, if we have a traumatic brain injury case, right, we know that that's a decreased blood flow in the lower extremity of the brain. And so what I've seen some of our medical um, professionals do, and this is not an endorsement by any way, shape, or form, but if, if somebody has traumatic brain injury, hyperbaric chamber is a benefit to that individual. That brings in good oxygen. Um, cryogenic therapy is a freeze technique that kind of replenishes the blood throughout the body. But if you have something severe, somebody that's not sleeping at night, they have tremors, um, they're they're having um, panic attacks, anxiety attacks, hot flashes, just any variety of that, you know, you're looking at post-traumatic stress as a relative blood flow in the upper extremity of the brain. It's just a fast blood flow layer where we've taught our men and women how to be hypervigilant and be cognizant and be aware of their surroundings. Situational awareness is one thing that we train in the military. What we've utilized is sensory deprivation. We've utilized float therapy to shut down the brain for 45 minutes to an hour or two hours in one session to allow the brain to condition. Um, But then we've also used some things like we... Um, our, our blood draws. We're currently taking 30 panel blood draws. And what we're seeing in there is, is a variety of different things. We're seeing low testosterone. We're seeing no cortisol level. Like these men and women go through their stress hormone as the cortisol level, um, you know, in the first few days of being in combat. And so at that point, the stress hormone stops. And so they have to be replenished with those. Um, you know, so certain treatments like this is, is just basically getting the body back to the way it was before combat or before service. Um, we're not having to do any new fad technique of, um, you know, I say recreational therapy. And we don't, we're not in the process or in the game of giving people service dogs. What we're in the, in the process of doing is bringing the body back to the way it was before these men and women even started their service because that's what we should have done in the first place. That should have been the focus, is conditioning the body and the brain, getting it back to where it was before service. Because if we took him in and John Doe was like this and, and he had cognitive function with no traumatic brain injury, no post-traumatic stress, then when we release him from the military, why are we allowing these men and women to leave the service, 
with post-traumatic stress and great severity that we have suicide and increase in suicide numbers or undiagnosed traumatic brain injury that we're actually treating as post-traumatic stress and we're just not properly taking care of them. We're just removing them from the military database, trying to get them into the VA database, but we know that sometimes they have a mess. When in fact, all we should have to do is go back and be able to condition and treat that individual for what we put them through and give them the availability to use the freedoms in America that they fought for. But unfortunately, that's not happening on American soil. And you mentioned, all, well, another factor here is, uh, you know, with uh, something like traumatic brain injury, there's a lot, there's over a million of our veterans right now that are sitting in, in prisons uh, because they don't have the right, uh, like the veterans treatment courts. But that's becoming more popular, right, uh, uh, Bill? Yeah, uh, exactly, Gary. And uh, that was one story that we came across uh, this morning mm -hmm. that uh, I, I think it's most recent here that the president has authorized the uh, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to uh, to uh, hire an additional uh, uh, 50 veterans that, that with the title of Veterans Justice Outreach, Outreach Specialist to assist in that area so that uh, we get them into the medical care system as opposed to the criminal justice system. All right. Uh, that's what it's all about. You know, again, uh, finding, finding uh, I guess, doing your research like Melissa does, um, that's the only way it's going to happen. You deal a lot with the Department of Defense, don't you, as far as the research, getting research, right? We do, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, I think we're looking at, you know, just to, to bring that on the topic with the veteran courts, what a, a great program that is being implemented across our nation and, and subsidies and states. You know, but then we always have, and I'm, I'm going to bring up the you know, elephant in the room, I'm going to bring up stolen valor, where we have, you know, people out there today in society claiming they served, right? Um, claiming they sustained injuries in combat, um, and then when we pull up their DD-214, and these individuals never even left American soil. And, and so when you have an issue where you have such a gap between our military and civilian divide, and, um, you know, we had a case here in Kansas where this individual went out, um, was suicidal, um, was on, you know, alcohol and, and uncontrolled substances, and he was a veteran, and it made, like, the 6 o'clock news because this veteran, you know, he was, he was not taken care of by the VA, and, and he was out there, and, and he was holding people hostage, and he was doing all this stuff. And people first said, okay, this is a combat veteran. We as America didn't take care of. Um, you know, and then once I, I had to go into it, and I got with the chief of police and a few other individuals, and we got the DD-214 for this man, he never even left boot camp. Okay? He was dishonorably discharged and pushed out because of prior mental disease and defect. And so this is another issue. I don't want to throw a wrench in anything, Bill. I'm so sorry. You're probably like going, oh, my goodness, here we go. <laughs> you know, this is another Not issue we had. Is this like a visual? He would have been a candidate for a veteran course, and he would have gotten off at some point because those veteran courts are still not pulling in those DD-214s. 
whether it's fact or fiction, it's hard to say, but we have people abusing the system and saying they did something they never did, and now that's causing a huge uproar in our veteran community, and it's making our veterans look bad. Okay. Well, we're going to quickly well, take the last Well, those are the kinds of cases, uh, Melissa, that needs to be dealt with in the criminal justice system when uh, we know and can uh, establish that there's stolen value. Yes, sir. Yes. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Melissa, founder of the Military Veteran Project. <laughs> Melissa, now, how does one become a volunteer? You know, I think it would be just something as simple as going to our website, Gary, and registering as a volunteer or ambassador. Um, mm-hmm. You know, currently with the Military Veteran Project, we have over 1.7 million registered um, individuals. Now, whether or not they sign up as an ambassador or volunteer, it's, it's completely up to them. Um, some people just sign up to follow along and get those monthly newsletters of what we're doing and how we're creating change in America. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Melissa, we, since this is our last segment, we do only have a couple of uh, minutes left, and it was a pleasure having you on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? You know, I think everybody here in America um, can get outraged. Okay, They can get upset, um, but they can also turn that emotion into action. And they can choose to help make a difference. So if you want to see things change, like the adequate medical care for our veterans, 
um, getting veteran courts available in your local area if you don't currently have it in your city. Um, those are those are activists. Those are advocates. And I, I believe anybody listening to this segment right now, you know, I, I want you to get involved. I want you to help create change because without you and without people who care, we're going to continue to go on a downward spiral. But if we have people that get involved and help create change and make this this country what they want to see it be, then all they have to do is get up and make that change. And I would encourage everyone listening today to do that because you have the ability, you have those freedoms, use them wisely. And what's your URL? Um, Militaryveteranproject.org. Okay. Again, listeners, uh, take advantage of it. Go to it and check it out. And uh, Bill? Well, Melissa, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to come in and uh, provide this information to our listening audience. Thank you for your service. And that is with the things that you're doing and the research, I think it's going to be a major, major uh, plus for our men and women who serve and uh, who are dealing with post-traumatic stress and other areas that lead to uh, suicides that we'd like to see uh, prevented uh, as much as possible very soon. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on our website. And you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available interest uh, to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, and thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Be safe out there. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. Success doesn't come by chance. It's a decision to take a chance on you. Attending the University of Choice is a goal, but not a guarantee. Dr. Cynthia Colon offers you the formula of going from good, better, to best, and increasing those chances of receiving that yes to your dream university. Get the one-to-one attention every student needs to succeed. Tune into Destination University, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. 
Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. If you or somebody you love is dealing with an addiction to alcohol or drugs, you may be looking for all kinds of answers. Let Recovery Radio with host Zach Crouch be your guide. Zach Crouch will speak with experts and share personal stories of addiction recovery. You'll also learn what's beyond the surface of mental health, root causes of addiction, and more. Most importantly, we'll explore the solutions and treatments to get you back on track. Recovery Radio. New episodes are available every Friday on the Voice America Variety Channel. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety.
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events.